can't believe that you haven't seen it love it so much you really gotta stream it let me tell you every line right now i can quote the whole thing since i was 12. maybe your mom told you no she said she Hey, 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 and welcome to another episode of Movies We Missed. I am your host, Brandon Greenhouse, alongside my lovely co-host, Jane Alice Hammer. And we are getting started with the uh, with the episode today. But before we get into it, we want to let everybody know, if you want to keep tabs on us between episodes, you can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook, at Movies We Missed. And you can always find us here, giving you those weekly uh, movie breakdowns and really in-depth uh, and probing analyses as well. Jane, how are you doing? on this um, fantabulous, fantabulous day, this lazy Sunday, I would say. I'm doing great. I love a lazy Sunday. I'm living my life. I um, spent the morning watching a little documentary on Netflix that I don't, I'm actually, you and I haven't talked about this and I'm wondering if you've watched the uh, Meghan and Harry documentary. I haven't. I haven't watched it yet. (gasps) You haven't dug in. Okay. I only watched the first like three episodes so far. How many episodes are there? Oh my God. I think they're, well, I think three more have just dropped. They dropped three initially, and then I think they dropped another set of three. I don't know how many there are going to be, but... Oh my god, the, the Brits it, and the Anglophiles, the uh, racist ones at least, are quaking. Oh my god, 100%. And, like, I I, I, I wish you had watched it, because, um, like, I really want to fucking talk about it. But I'm sure you feel the same way about me and White Lotus, so, you know, I yeah, can't... Yeah, I mean, you know... We both got we both got work to do, you know, to keep this friendship. We both we both do have a lot of work to do. Jane, your hair looks really good. I I, oh, I know you. that you you were you were sort of like adjusting to it. Some would say, right? I was adjusting to it, but now I'm like I'm enjoying it. I feel like I found my groove. I know how to style it. It's always hard when you get your hair done initially, and I did pretty big chop. And, was that um, intentional, the chop, or was that just what happened? Yeah, I just felt like, I usually like once a year I'll probably do a big chop because it's like, you know, I fry the shit out of my hair with bleach so aggressively that I feel like, you know, I need to make room for some <laughs> new growth. <laughs> I didn't get to see the bangs. Do you, will they ever be seen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just up right now. I'm doing a whole sort of, also, to be honest, I styled my hair on Saturday and then went to sleep and woke up and it is still in the same style. Like I haven't taken a shower yet and washed it. So <clears throat> still. You haven't taken a shower since Friday? Since Saturday. Oh. <laughs> it's Sunday today. It is. I just haven't taken a shower today. No. Okay. Have you? Yeah, absolutely. Congratulations. This um, day is still long. Yeah, no, it's true. Good point. <laughs> Um, yeah, but uh, you look you look great. I saw you this weekend. We had a, a friend, we had a little friend gathering, um, mm-hmm. one of the to ring in the the holiday season, and we should be if I if I if I'm correct having another one in a couple weeks. Um, if for what for up. New Year's? You mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what the plan is with that, but you know, I'm here. I'm ready. I'm ready for the new year. Although, when by the time this comes out, it'll already have happened, and we'll yeah, know. As so long as the gathering. About- as long We're speaking together. about the past in the future, isn't that interesting? Oof. <laughs> Oof, that's a thought. Um, I know, I know. And you'll know that it was a good gathering if I if I go, and if uh, if we okay. if we meet up with you and I'm not there, then that means that 
something. Oh, changed. that's so funny because I've been to actually a lot of gatherings that you haven't been to that have been great. Not saying that y- for you, are- to you. <laughs> and are you saying that everyone else has a terrible time? I've I've gotten live. I've got some live texts um, from from events that you were at, mm-hmm. um, where you you probably experienced yourself being the life of the party, and some other people <laughs> probably were. Um, we're on the other. We're on the other side of it, and oh, okay. Probably it'd be it'd probably be an interesting experience for you to you know have compared notes with them because I think it'd be like oh you saw that as like sort of like mirthful and like mm-hmm. you know a subversive humor moment and like for mm-hmm. somebody else it was like really alienating and like shocking. So mm-hmm. uh, I know what it's like, you know. To, well, uh, I'd love to hear from you about sort of some of the complaints you've gotten about me at a gathering or a party. Because this is uh, this is the first time I'm hearing this, and I love that we're doing this on the air because I really want to work this out when we're our truest selves. I think one of the most telling things for all of our, uh, our MWM heads out there, if you mm-hmm. note what Jane just said, she said this is, she didn't say this was my first time saying it, she said this was the first time hearing it. And I think that that was a mm-hmm. really important mm-hmm. distinction mm-hmm. that should be made when Jane's ready to receive the truth. Mm. You know, it's not always a convenient one for her. Um, this is, of course, going from somebody coming from somebody who famously dated um, Tipper's husband. So it makes sense that it would be this way. Uh, inconvenient <laughs> truth, to say the least. Um, when did I date Tipper's husband? What year was what? What years was that? I think it was still when you were when you were maybe in your residency. Uh, when you were in nursing school for a while before they'd figured out that you were sort of like on that angel of death tease, the patients were disappearing <laughs> during your shifts. It was very, it was very much that moment. I think it was like in the, in the early nineties, if I remember correctly, I just remember getting the call from Tim. In the early nineties when I was still a minor. So wouldn't that be on Al? Wouldn't sure, that I'd, be on I'd, Al? I would How love... dare you sit on my podcast oh and my victim God. blame. One delusion after another. Um, if I oh, keep wait. looking, I I did. I wanted to hear what I do at parties that people discuss. You, um, I just heard people say that they don't always feel safe. Um, oh, in what way? You're you're very boisterous. I've heard um, you, mm. you you command attention. Um, you're willing to massage truths, you know, in order to create a narrative that like makes you the hero, mm-hmm. which is very much in line with that whole angel of mercy thing that I was talking about <laughs> earlier with the hospitals, how you come in with, you know, Cinecolon or whatever, and like you're ready to like mm. bring the Cinecolon, I'm sorry, you're ready to bring the, the people back to life and uh-huh. you want to be there for the revive moment. You have that God <laughs> complex though, and you know that about you. Um, so when people come to me, when I get a call, mm. you know, mm-hmm. from someone, when, when I am in the middle of entertaining at my house mm-hmm. and Tatum O'Neill calls me in tears. <laughs> um, and she's telling me about you and Melanie Griffith. Like, yeah, you yeah. know, really that getting... was epic though. That was, <laughs> that was a good, from my side of things that me and Melanie had a good conversation. And maybe you did, but for a lot of people, the milk money, the milk had spoiled. Um, mm. And people wanted a refund. You know what I mean? And uh, you definitely gave a new meaning to working girl. Uh, so mm, thank you were working, you. you were working that room. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate uh, it. Just, just learn to be a guest. Just learn to be a gracious guest. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. And, and that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I don't want it to turn into drama or anything. No, um, no, 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 no. Because no. I root for you. No. I root for you. And I and, feel that, especially on this podcast, I think, you know, it's funny how much you root for me on this podcast, how supportive you are and how kind you are to me. 
um, and how much you try to show me in the best light. And you are constantly telling stories to our listeners about me and how in the ways in which I win and I'm, and, and I'm successful, right? It all depends on how you define victory. I will say that you brought up something <laughs> earlier that I think is really interesting and leads us okay. right into our movie. You brought up oh. uh, in, inappropriate relationships. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. And uh, uh-huh. Jane uh, made me watch uh, mm-hmm. The Monstrosity That Was, the final installment in Stephanie Meyer's uh, Twilight series, uh, Breaking Dawn. Uh, it finally broke and it almost broke me. Breaking Dawn Part Dieu. Part Dieu. Uh, and... You can listen to any of the other installments. We've already done them. If this, mm-hmm. by some crazy chance, um, is your first time listening to our podcast, welcome. Welcome to the MWM family. Welcome to the MWM Warriors. Mm-hmm. Um, those are our fans out there. Um, we love to have you. We, we love you. We love that you go to battle for us. We're the yes. number one rated podcast in the universe. And that's <laughs> because of all of you. Mm-hmm. So we thank you for that. Um, Absolutely. And uh, yeah, but if this is your first time listening, go back and listen to the other ones too. If you want to stop here and go back and listen to those and work your way up, hey, it's all fun. However you want to do it, however you want to do the journey, we're that kind of we're that kind of podcast. You can pick up anywhere. But um, this is a journey that we've been on with our fans, the Twilight series, and and I will many more say. I, absolutely. And I and I will say this is sort of a moment for us because honestly, this is A, the first time we've finished the series, and B, our most popular series. People Oh, that's true. Yeah. People are here for the Twilight content. There are a lot of Twihards um in our lives and they, you know, look forward to these episodes <laughs> and <laughs> maybe it's the um terror that Brandon feels while, you know, um going through these that they enjoy. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it really is um, you know, it's a it, it's it's a new beginning but also an ending and I'm feeling very emotional about it. Um how are you feeling? Uh, I would say this was this was the one that I felt like going into it. I, I just I knew I knew where we were. I knew where we were mm-hmm. in the story. Mm-hmm. I didn't need to do any backtracking mm-hmm. or anything. Mm-hmm. Was the movie a, a little bit confusing? Yeah, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I I just I strapped in, you know, and I was just like I'm on the ride, and uh, I, I was I was riding that wolf, not unlike young Renesme. Um, without a harness <laughs> to be found, uh, flopping around, flopping around, like a flaccid dick on top of. A even as like, even as though, also there were scenes there, during that whole thing. There were scenes where like the wolf was like, like roll, like barrel rolling, yeah. and like and all, and like all of a sudden, so it was like two ton wolf. <laughs> It's like rolling with this little girl on, on his back, and world. all of a sudden, once they're once they're uh, on once once the wolf was on his his feet again, she unscathed. Yeah, um, not a scratch on her. She was um, like, "Let's go." But before we go there, let me just do my little synopsis for anybody who you know wants to be reminded of what happens within this installment, because I guarantee you. The people who are listening to this episode either don't care and haven't watched any of the series or are very familiar with this series. So And we're here for all of you. We and welcome the new and of you. we give yeah. our warm hugs to our ride or die day ones who've been around from the beginning. Mm. And, because uh, this was yeah. released as we when we released our podcast, it was we released three episodes and this was one of the first episodes that we released. So it started our journey and uh, we're getting ready to go into our third year of recording so thank you all for listening the numbers have been through the roof it's been kind of we've gotten a couple of cease and desist from like 
probably more, arguably more famous people and other more famous podcasts that are like, sure. you've got a chokehold on the mm-hmm. on the podcast world right now. Mm-hmm. It makes on us uncomfortable. On the industry, particularly the, the movie industry. podcast industry, which yeah, yeah, yeah. there All is no saturation, really. It's just us. So <laughs> It's... Uh, um, we're doing the operation, you know. We're doing exactly. it in house, and we're we're making waves. Um, mm-hmm. You know, this is we're, grassroots. Find grassroots, the get your hands on the newest issue of Variety and uh, mm-hmm. see who's on the cover. And I think you're gonna be mm-hmm. really surprised. Yeah, I think we'll be surprised too. To find out yeah, who's on the cover. I, it may be the most shocking, um, <laughs> surprising thing that's ever happened to um, any of to, us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And just, I want to legally say that I did not say we were on the cover, by the way. I just said, get, I just yeah. said, <laughs> take a look and see who's on there. You I just said, take a look and see it. Did I say it with a confidence that maybe alluded to the fact that we, we could be found there? Maybe I did, but it's up for interpretation, I think is the point. Thank and you. That, and that is what stands up in a court of law. And we will always maintain that. Always. Always. Okay. For the final time. Here is my synopsis for The Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 2. It's curtains up for one final time in Forks. We open on a new Bella. She has been brought back from the brink of death after giving birth to her miracle baby, Renesmee. Edward has chomped through her placenta and broke that baby free while also giving Bella new life eternal life. She's finally gotten what she's always wanted. Bella Swan Cullen is a vampire. As soon as her transformation takes place, she hits the ground running. She learns how to hunt. She's got to quench her bloodthirst before she reunites with her half-human, half-vamp daughter. Just in case her bloodlust is so strong that she ends up going in for a bite of the new babe. But Bella exceeds expectations. Her love for Renesmee trumps all, and she is just as gentle with her as she can be. But there's someone who's still a little nervous. (laughs) Could it be Edward or maybe Rosalie? No, 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 no. It's Jacob. And Bella notices he's getting a little handsy with her newborn. (laughs) What could that mean? Bella inquires, and Jake finally spits out the worst fear any new vampire mother could have when it comes to her werewolf best friend and her new half-mortal baby. (laughs) Jake has imprinted on Renesmee. Bella goes feral, and everyone tries to calm her down and convince her that this is all above board. Jake is like an older brother figure, a protector of Renesmee. That is, until she hits her 18th birthday, and then he's ready to play ball. And the countdown has started. (laughs) And lucky for Jake, Renesmee is experiencing rapid growth. I mean, she goes from actual baby to, like, eight years old in about five minutes. This is great news for Jake, but (laughs) ends up costing the Cullens almost everything. Bella and Nessie are catching snowflakes in the woods, and they happen upon their quote-unquote cousin, Irina, in the woods. She's from the north, but she's going on a bit of a solo adventure. She sees Renesmee and is baffled. Instead of catching up with Bella and asking who and what Renesmee might be, she runs off to the Volturi to report a crime. You see, back in the day, there used to be this phenomenon in the vampire world called immortal children. 
It was basically vampires turning toddlers into vampires. And because they were too young to understand reasoning and the rules of the underworld, they'd just go to entire villages and feed on all of the people, ultimately exposing the truth of vampirism, vamp vampirism, Vamp I think vamp I think vampirism. Vampirism to the mainstream world. <laughs> they had to be stopped. So the Volturi ordered the destruction of all immortal children and made it a crime if any vamp created an immortal child again. Since Irina didn't bother to stay for an explanation, she falsely reports Renesme as an immortal child, putting a target on the kid and the Cullens themselves. Instead of, oh, I don't know, picking up a phone and explaining the whole mess before things got out of hand, the Cullens spent weeks gathering an army of vampire to an army of vampires to act as witnesses to prove to the Volturi that Renesme isn't the freak they think she is. She's a whole different kind of freak, which should pose no threat to them. So how will the final chapter play out for our glittery vamps? Will they be able to reason with the Volturi? Will an epic battle break out where no one is safe and the lives of all the Cullens, their brethren, and the werewolves are all at stake? Or will ultimately nothing really happen, leaving us feeling kind of confused and unsatisfied, but with a happy ending that our preteen audience so desperately needs in order to lay this series to bed. I'll let you take a wild guess in the final chapter of The Twilight Saga, Breaking Dawn, Part 2. Wow, Zuh. Mm. You wrapped it up and you did it quite, um, quite eloquently. This movie, um, it had it all. Uh, it, ha it did have it all. There was a lot going on. There was a lot of characters. Um, mm -hmm. It was a lot, and uh, the, the results were the results. Um, but there was so much, like there was so much lead up, and like so much, like this is what's happening, and blah blah blah. And then ultimately, at the end, fucking nothing happened. It was the biggest like letdown ever. It yeah. This is a so this movie was released November twelfth, twenty twelve. So we're just about at the. I mean, we just passed the decade mark 10 years out mm. um the movie made uh, on a budget of 136 mil it made around 830 million worldwide at the box office Jesus. and um yeah like 200 and 260 something i think in the u.s and then like 600 and some change uh worldwide um this was also a movie where uh, taylor lautner robert pattinson and kristen stewart all made 25 million for both for part one and part two breaking dawn and then they also all got oh wait they made twenty five million for cumulatively. Each cumulatively, they made okay. twenty five million okay, okay. for both, and then they also all got seven point five percent on the back end. So, uh, so what typically how that works is that once the movie has made back, once recou recouped its its budget, basically all of the money that went into it, all the money that went to promotion, then they are given seventy, they're given seven point five percent on that on that overall amount. So if like that amount was like six hundred. And like I think like like eight percent. If that amount was like six hundred and fifty million, then eight percent of that would be like five point four million or something like that. Uh, so like they made that oh up. So they, so they made I think roughly it was estimated that they made like around like forty million, um, according to some sources. Wow. Each they each made around forty million. Uh, so come through. So Ugh. they they all are sitting on. That's why we can see some of these pet projects. And that's why old Taylor Lautner can. <laughs> Take a, a decade-long break, waiting on the yeah. you know the next 
dick roll, I guess. Um, <laughs> if but, there is one, if he even wants there to be one, you know. If, if he even wants there to be one, I mean, yeah, he's he's sitting he's sitting pretty with that with that squirrela. Um, this movie really does. It was so funny because I, they literally are just picking up where the last movie left off, and for some reason that surprised me. Um, we were just like right back in it, and I'm sure there's plenty of plenty of pajama party movie nights where uh, the young kids are watching these back to back, and I'm wondering how it all how it all lines up. Oh, you know, I'll never know because I'll never do that. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> yeah, they are. We're right back in it. Bella, uh, I do love that with every movie, the the budget gets a little bit thicker, and so you can tell, and like the hair and the makeup and everything. Bella's living absolutely her full. You know, she's also obviously Kristen Stewart has grown up a lot over the course of these movies as well. But right. Bella's Bella's got got given us full flowing locks, and she's got those those red eyes. Well, that's the thing. Like, when you become a vampire, and I know this from the book series, because, ugh, of course, I read every single book, um, and I'm not proud of that fact, but it is a true fact. Um, when you become a vampire, you're supposed to be, like, the most amazingly beautiful version of yourself. So, like, oh, they're okay. all supposed to look like models, and that's why she is, like supposed to be like an elevated version of Bella with like gorgeous long thick hair and it's funny because she literally just came from the brink of death looking like skeletal when she was giving birth and she wakes up looking like that and somehow like in a fancy blue dress I was like you'd think like you'd want to put on sweatpants after an ordeal like that (laughs) well did you see also that they said that uh, that you know in the first when she first meets the Cullen she's wearing a blue dress and so it's like a full circle moment that she's, yes she's in because blue dress. all of the other Colin women are wearing blue dresses as well so it means like she's a part she's of the she's Colin one of the gals now. she's one yeah. of the gals now um don't you forget it and they also i like that it, it all starts too with all of this sort of like tension around bella like eating her child like everybody <laughs> but they're like really trying to downplay it and they're like let's just see let's, let's see how it goes for you and then um we'll intervene if we need to but yeah. uh, no, no, we're gonna go ahead and have you meet her in, in front of fifteen people. You know, just like you do. Um, and it's it's just like it's also clear. One of the big things that that is clear in this movie as well is that they like they didn't put a lot of time into like working on like any sort of like storyboarding as far as like maternal or paternal like relationships to this child because it so is like true. it couldn't be it couldn't be the D or the E storyline anymore than <laughs> it is like we like like that first night she like meets her daughter and then it's like her and the, like the Cullens like gift like Edward and Bella this house and then it's like them making love on like a bearskin rug and it's like D- she you like, just gave birth like do you not want <laughs> You don't want to be around your baby? And I thought that that was going to be, like, a big plot point. I thought it was going to be, like, I'm not connecting with her. Like, why am I not connecting with her as a mother? But it went it Look went at unch- you giving it more. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was going to be well, a moment where like- he was like, it'll come. <laughs> well, like, also the thing is, like, you just gave birth. You haven't seen your baby for two days because you've been going through, quote, unquote, the change or whatever. And <laughs> you, like, meet your baby for ten minutes. And then you're like, all right, like, let's go to our fuck cabin. <laughs> like, go all night. And I just thought, like, what? Like, the the writers are just, like, anytime that they want Bella and 
Edward to be uncumbered with parenthood. They just throw the baby at the other like members of the family. Like they're they're not really and like th- that's a through line through the whole movie is like this like young girl Renezme is like growing up and she, like Bella and Edward are supposed to be parents, but like there's no evidence of that. <laughs> like, well, it's like she's spending all of her time with Rosalie and like it's like they've essentially like given her to like and I guess maybe Esme, like the grandmother uh, the character played by, like, Elizabeth Reeser, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that, like, I don't, although the grandmother doesn't even speak, so I don't know. It seems like more than anything, it's really, it's like... It's funny that you keep calling her the grandmother. I guess I, like, never thought of her as, like, I just, I mean, I, I think, well, they seem to, maybe that, like, the familial unit is what it is. Like, it's, her and, like, Carlisle, I guess, like, I thought they were, like, parental figures for, like... They are, I guess. I mean, like, technically they are. But I just, like, never thought of, like, Esme as the grandmother. But I guess she technically is in this fucking weird world in this weird world i mean i know that it's clear that rules of of attraction are really blurred <laughs> here but since everybody's just going crazy on everybody but i um they <laughs> all have that siblings. and it may also be the last them all having the same last name that's a part of that as well mm-hmm. but um since nobody ages it's all strange but yeah like yeah. no one really seems to be really engaging with them with the with the tot as much as rosalie and like Bella, I thought there was also going to be this whole storyline about Bella feeling some sort of like challenge, like being challenged by Rosalie, like her, her feeling her maternity, her, her maternity is sort of like being, you know, her motherhood is being sort of challenged by like Rosalie, you know, having this increasingly close bond. But it seems like it's uh, hands are washed is what it feels like to <laughs> yeah. me. It seems like she's ready to to get to uh, Pound Town uh, with Edward in their in their in their fuck cabin and she's like Rosalie you take on those duties baby um, and also Mama's, Mama's gotta get hers <laughs> because also in the beginning of the movie we get a little tea- taste in the first scene of the fact that Bella is like really really strong and there's like a yeah. scene where like in the very beginning when like Edward like caresses her like gently and she like grabs him and she gets that wild look in her eyes and he's like whoa whoa you you're stronger than you know you are. And it's like, sure. Um, okay, okay, sure, okay, Bella. Okay, okay. And then right after this, we also, in the first scene, we get the scene where everybody's really sort of, like, holding their breath as, like, she's greeting her baby for the first time, hoping she doesn't eat it. And then, like, <laughs> Jacob, like, slips in, and he's trying to play it cool, but not doing such uh, a great job. And he's sort of like, yeah. okay, like, that's maybe enough mommy-baby time. Let's, uh, let's, let's get that baby away from her. And then this is the moment that Bella realizes that Jacob has imprinted on her daughter. Um, imprinting is a weird thing. Uh, Jane, do you want to take it away with the imprinting talk? Yeah, I guess so. Okay, so if you guys haven't watched the series and this is your first time experiencing or like talking or hearing about imprinting, uh, I'm. I have the definition. Oh, do you? Do you have a pulled up? So this is okay. Please, please read us the definition. For those the, who need it. This is from, just so everybody knows, we like to cite our work. This is from mm-hmm. twilightsaga.fandom.com, so you know it's good. Um, it says imprinting, <laughs> imprinting is the involuntary mechanism by which um, a kiet, which kiet shapeshifters, which is what Jacob is. Cool you. Um, they, cool. Thank you. Yep. Or that. <laughs> imprinting. Imprinting is the involuntary mechanism by which cool you shapeshifters find their soulmates. It is a profound, intimate phenomenon that exists among cool you shapeshifters. And when a shapeshifter imprints 
on a specific Mm. girl or woman, he becomes unconditionally bound to her for the rest of his life. When it Mm. happens, the experience is described as being gravitationally pulled toward the person while a glowing heat fills him and everyone and everything (laughs) else in his life becomes secondary. And the only imprintee is left to matter. And only the imprintee is left to matter, leaving the shapeshifter with a deep need to do Mm. anything to please and protect his soul mate and this is an important part that i will mention that they said that they list here they say imprinting can occur at any time after a wolf's first phasing it can happen with anyone regardless of previous personal feelings and it Mm. happens the first time that he sees the person he's imprinting on so Mm. basically what they're getting at in this you know in an attempt to absolve him of whatever is that (laughs) um basically what he says in the movie he has no control over it it's just like Mm -hmm. sort of this phenomenon but it's sort of like presented here as like you know, when Jacob says to her, to, to Bella, she like, she's, you know, she hulks out on him and she throws him across the front yard and starts screaming at him. And she's given us that Kristen Stewart um, award considered mm-hmm. acting. And she's like, I can't <laughs> believe you. I can't believe you, you put it on my baby before I even had time to be with her. It's like, you're the one who went to Bone Town in the, in your, um, your she shed out back with Edward, like, real quick. Um, but she's like, I have no time to be around her at all. How dare you? And uh, it's a gritty, it's a gritty scene. She goes, you think you have some erotic wolfy claim on her? <laughs> I hate the script is so fucking bad. Like the words that come out of their mouths, it just, it's the cringiest of the cringe of the cringe. It is. Like moronic so wolfy claim. Like who, who was like, yeah, that's it. That's the line. Also, the screenwriter, apparently in an interview, <laughs> Melissa Rosenberg, was uh-huh. speaking about, like, how, like, difficult it was to, like, write this script. It's <laughs> 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 just like, girl, give me a box of Franzia and a, and a, and and a like, couple of friends. <laughs> we could have turned this out in a weekend. And, like, uh, 100%. Like, I, it's just so... Oh, it would have so... been so gay. <laughs> yeah, there would have been a lot, a lot of sexual tension between Edward and Jacob. I'm sure. Yeah, more than tension. Yeah. <laughs> Fulfillment. A, a release um, of tension, I guess. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> oh, too far. Look, we're okay. talking about Jacob imprinting on an infant, so I think like it's all uh, yeah, it's really weird. It feels like at any point we could have pivoted um, <laughs> from the script, but we stuck with it. And uh, no, nope, because like, it was in the book. It was in the book. It is a. It is an. It's the overarching sort of theme of this movie, and like they, there's nothing you can really do about it. It, it was written the way it was well, written. Also, the issue I have with it is like heretofore. Or does that mean up until this point? I don't know. Yeah. That's like a, lo- a lawyer term that I don't it, really yeah, know. Yeah, it got away it. from you, but it's cool. It did. <laughs> so it's like everybody else that we're aware of in this universe has imprinted on like an adult woman. And mm-hmm. this is the first time that it's on a baby. And so obviously our questions be- there are questions because it's like, we have seen like imprinting relationships as romantic relationships, but now all of a sudden we're on this final book and the final movie, and they're like, "Oh no, 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 no!" It doesn't always have to be sexual, although it will turn that way when she <laughs> becomes of age. And you're just like, again, that doesn't make me feel comforted. I'm still very uncomfortable with the whole idea. And also, okay, so is Edward? Did Edward imprint on Bella? 
No, Edward doesn't imprint because he's a vampire. It's only a wolf. Oh, thing. it's a wolf. I'm sorry. I get. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I explain that through the through the fandom website. <laughs> I get lost because the script's so juicy and convoluted, yeah. and there's so many and layers. So many to layers. It. Yeah, it's like an onion. Uh, with this thing. Yeah, really. Well, I was crying. That's for sure. Um. So also. There's, oh, sorry. No, say what you're gonna say. During this freakout <laughs> that Bella has over Jacob, my favorite line of this whole fucking series comes out. Do you know what it is? I had a couple of lines right before this, but I don't think I had um, any lines during it. Exactly. No. What is it? Okay. Well, during this period, Jacob refers to Renesme as Nessie. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> Bella delivered impeccably by Kristen Stewart. She goes, Nessie, you nicknamed my daughter after a Loch Ness monster? <laughs> it's so fucking stupid and unhinged. Also, I don't... It's I, like, was, <laughs> is that a thing? Is that what we call the Loch Ness monster? <clears throat> it is, absolutely, yeah. What? Why does everybody know this? Because, I mean, I don't know. Is the Loch Ness monster in a movie? No, the Loch Ness monster is like a is like a cultural thing. Like I miss you know, that. it's it's in Loch like Ness. Like Bigfoot. In yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a cultural phenomenon in Loch Ness in Scotland, and they call it the Loch Ness monster. And people have said to like spot it places or whatever. It's, it is like a Bigfoot thing. There, uh, Kristen's really like upset about him calling the about him calling her Nessie, even though she gave her that <laughs> awful name she gave her. The so problem like, is, is, you named your daughter Renesme, and nobody <laughs> wants to say it. Nobody wants to say that name, and nobody wants to give that power. So it's like Nessie is like the best of the bunch, really. <laughs> it's not good, girl. Um, None also, of it's good. <laughs> also, when she greets Jacob for the first time in this scene, she says, "Now I see what everyone was talking about. Jacob, you stink." <laughs> Because she can sort of, she's now got that vampire nose, so she can like mm -hmm. smell. She can smell the the wolf, the dirty wolf in Jacob, and yeah. she's like, Ugh. um. And then Jacob, to let us know that he's moved on now that he's got his gal, he <laughs> says to her, being Bella's fucking infant daughter, but yes, he way. says to he says to um, Bella and Edward, you guys uh, really look good together. Um, and it lets us know um, that he's moved on. Also, he's you already know it's that space. You always already know it's going to be a good a good first meeting between a mother and her child when her husband says, "You need to get your thirst under control first. That's always how you know that you're in for like a really loving and like engaged mm -hmm. relationship. Because mm -hmm. um, Bella's got that young vampire strength. Um, <laughs> it. It's yeah. It's there's a lot going on here, but all what I will say is that they wrap it up real quick because there's a lot so of anger, best. and then the next scene, Jacob is. I thought it was gonna the whole movie was gonna be Jacob trying to get back in like their good graces, but no. within seconds she's fine, and Jacob's literally the next scene sleeping on the couch in the house. Mm -hmm. So we we have moved on, and it's all under rug swept for now. Yeah. Um, and then we like she's also. Huh, we have to talk about the fact that our little Nessie she has uh what the medical um, community has coined as the Jack disease because um, she is rapidly aging. We find out later in the movie that a person who has a similar condition as her uh, basically stopped aging when he reached, he became a grown man when he reached seven years old at the end of the mm -hmm. movie, we find out. And then, so he sort of is presented as like precedent. He is proof of the fact that like these are not immortal children 
that they are actually just people that are born half vampire, half human, and that they can live among us and they can drink blood and they can also eat human food. Uh, mm-hmm. Best of both worlds, some would say. And live and, forever. He's like 150 years old. But somehow I like that he's like, no, I, I stopped aging at the sexiest age. Um, <laughs> when I reached 27 and my abs had fully formed, Absolutely. that was when... He is like the hottest, hottest version of himself that'll ever be. And he's like, well, this was... This is me fully grown and this is where this is where the journey like, ends for me it's like i love that it didn't end at like eight like 80 or 90 after your teeth had fallen out i, love I know that it, it ended while you still had that rock hard body and for some exactly. reason unbeknownst to you just like the universe knew like this is yeah. we're, we're done you're not gonna grow anymore um like what a favor to you that it's like <laughs> you didn't have to like go through like any sort of like aging process like, it stopped like, at 28 yeah, and you just get to be literally like hot as hell for the rest of for the rest of eternity. It's which just like I would love to have that vibe. Would you like to go back to twenty eight, Jane, and just be twenty eight? Oh, oh, I kind of meant like now. Like I'm at my hottest now, don't you think? A decade and a half later, so you'd like to stop? <laughs> no, I I wouldn't like to stop growing at all. <laughs> I I want to look at pictures. If somebody came to me, I'd be like, "Can I?" Look me at too. I want to choo- I want to choose the specific. I'd be I don't like, want. Let me go back. And I know I don't want like twenty two. I don't want twenty two. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. No, not the way I was eating. I don't want that. I don't, I don't want that. <laughs> that A one C for the rest of my life. Um, but yeah, it's it, it is a something it's, tells it's me that's not yeah. an issue. You know. <laughs> yeah, you have to worry about that. No more medical checkups. No, um, I think you're for good. you. Yeah. Yeah, and we also like we we find out that in this house as well that like they've had built for them the house that the Collins have gifted them like the the, I can't the house is. This. It's fully furnished, and mm-hmm. also like Alice picked out all these horrible clothes for Bella for some reason. It's like <laughs> I don't understand why you needed to. I don't understand why you needed to buy all her clo- buy her a bunch of clothes. Just this her, like, is this is this is the whole yeah. thing throughout the series. Is like they are always giving Bella like these incredible gifts. I've never seen anybody else receive. This was for Bella's birthday, I think. Yeah, I sure. It was for and her it's birthday. Like, yeah, okay. And, like, I've never seen anybody else give anybody else a gift. It's, like, all they want to do is, like, shower Bella with, like, all of these, like, riches. And so they give her, like, a cozy cabin, a fuck cabin in the woods for her and Edward. And, like, she's so ungrateful because, like, she walks into this closet that is, like, stocked with clothing. And Jacob's like, oh, yeah, Alice stocked it for you. And she just goes, clearly. And it's like, bitch, you got a whole ass house for free with all these clothes. Like, whatever you can make do. I don't know. They, they should have just given her the col- the colon credit card. And they should have exactly. just let her go crazy on Wayfair and just do her worst. <laughs> Also, the other thing about this movie, I know the things that I keep criticizing the movie for, it never set out to do, but the other thing about the movie that's funny to me is we don't get any moment of, like, there's, I thought there was going to be some sort of emotional moment for Bella where, like, she comes to terms with the fact that she's not going to age. Like, she's not going to die. She's going to watch, like, all of her loved ones die, and she's going to have to live through that. But we never touch mm-hmm. on that. Bella's no, completely comfortable with turning into a vampire. She has no regrets. There's no moment where she sort of grapples with the reality of, like, now being immortal. Um, right. There's no existential crisis it's all about getting dick down um and uh like i know they they for eternal blowout by the way her hair is always done i know which i actually would love an eternal blowout my god that'd be amazing never having to touch up those roots against us no it just is what it is you have your best haircut and the best like style at all times incredible 
But <clears throat> then they have this like marathon sex session in their cabin, and it's like I, I just hate the way it was filmed. I was hate the, the camera was so close. And it's, <laughs> I hate I hate when it's like a mouth on something, but you don't know what the mouth is on. Yeah, and the camera was sure so close that with the body part that the mouth was making contact with was so obscured. And I it's wonder, like it could be, this could be an elbow. <laughs> it could be a foot. It could be a PA's ass cheek. Oh. I mean. <laughs> And it made me wonder. Depending like, on who the producer was. <laughs> right? We're looking at you, Jane's bestie, Brian Singer. Um, but <laughs> I wonder, I wonder, like, if, like, if it was just, like, ran- if they, they brought in stand-ins for this, or if this was maybe mm. just, like, oh, Robbie and Kristen were like, we got it covered. No stand-ins needed. Mm-mm. I mean, camera. I don't know what I would do. I'd probably um, take the stand-ins, but you never know. Well, and I, mean, I also... Right? Unless you're trying to prove something to somebody. It's like, <laughs> I'll be in my trailer. Yeah. You don't need me for the, for, for the mouth on flesh quick shots. <laughs> like, get whoever well, you Well, and also it's like they make it seem like they have this, like, situ- they have this, like, conversation. They're, like, lying by the fire in the nude. And they're like, oh, when are we ever going to get sick of this? Like, we never tire. We don't have to sleep. We don't have to eat. We don't have to, like, shower. Like, when are we ever going to stop fucking? And I was like, there is no way that Edward, the hundred-year virgin, is, like, putting it down. Like, you know. Well, it's funny because Edward always seems so, like, strong. And in these movies, I feel like they made him so weak. I feel like in order to, like, it was like in order to give Kristen Stewart's character agency, he had to Mm -hmm. basically just be completely, like, dulled. It's like, they want you to understand that she's way stronger than him. They Mm -hmm. also... Kellen Lutz has like a weird arm wrestling moment with Bella for some reason in all the woods that everybody's like watching. It's really odd, but she wins. So she's got that well, real young vamp all energy. Like, this is so crazy that you're so strong because you're such a young vamp. So you're stronger than all of us, even the strongest one, Emmett, which is like, I don't understand why he's the strongest one. And I guess it's because he's the bulkiest, but that doesn't mean anything within this, Not in like, this world universe. No. And also... It seemed like like some a couple of the the performers in the movie had maybe visited um, a doctor um, to to have some stuff reimagined or re, say, what, or you, say re, what you need to say. Say what you rejuvenated. need to say. I thought I thought Peter Facinelli. Um, Dave and I were just discussing. He looks a little more alert than in previous. Did he? Times. I didn't notice. <laughs> yeah, it looked like maybe he'd been to. Um, just to you know, maybe Beverly Hills to just have some mm. stuff just reviewed um, okay. before setting up, and there's nothing more wrong. Power with it. To, more power to him, baby. It's good enough for Jane. It's good enough for anybody else in this movie Absolutely. or otherwise. Absolutely. Okay, you just got to pay your bills. That's your thing. You can't just go 100%. in and give them my name and disappear. That was the thing well, that upset me. No, I mean that's why I go, you know, to the Dominican Republic or to Mexico or like somewhere where you know i can still afford the procedures and my life i want my money back for that bbl that i that birthday present i gave you that i didn't know about well you said you said to me like you want to make me happy and you want to be like a supportive friend and so i took that to mean that i can take what i need from you in order to make in order to find joy yeah so you know what? I, I, you know, if that's not true, then you let me know because it sounded like that's what you were selling to me. You know what? You're making a really good point, actually. And so I gotta, I gotta eat this one. You know. You do. Um, you do. And you speaking do. of, of making some hard choices, we also mm-hmm. had Jacob making some choices when, when it. Okay, so we have a cousin, a member of the Denali crew, 
mm-hmm. um, who is doing a little bit more than she needs to be doing. And uh, she stumbles upon... She stumbles upon. <laughs> she stumbles up upon a young Renesmee who is aging very rapidly. BT Dubs. Mm. She stumbles upon Arena. She stumbles upon uh, Renesmee out in the woods with her protector, uh, Jacob, and her mother, thought- Chris- oh, okay. Kristen Stewart. Yeah. And she's <laughs> flying through the air, catching snowflakes like you do. And also, before as, we get into this, as I'm- like a full blown like eight year old, when a couple days earlier she was a baby. And just so we're clear, they essentially, they made contact with David E. Kelly. They got the rights to the Alan McBeal baby, and then they <laughs> used that in this movie. Because we're going full-on cartoon Incredibles mm-hmm. baby um, for the mm-hmm. first part of this movie. They're not even trying to make this baby look real. Um, if it ain't broke, wild. don't fix it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And it was still, I assume, hanging around, you know, the Fox studio. That's a good point. Waiting like, to be used. And they said, where can we put this CGI baby? And we said, we got a movie. And, and it's we- like, when when Kristen was looking at that baby shocked, I thought it was because if she saw what I saw, I was like, <laughs> what? That came out of me? Um, do, you, do you see what I see? <laughs> do you see what I see? It was very, very that. This baby was not real. And it well, wasn't real for a lot of the movie. For a lot a of the movie, lot of it the was... Movie. It was given Cartoon Baby. It was given <laughs> animatronics. I was like, why are we all pretending like this baby doesn't look crazy? And they kept... That was a big part of the movie was them thinking this baby was like an immortal child. So right. whenever like the baby would be introduced to like other like members of like the Cullen crew or like other like vampires, they would be shocked and appalled. And I thought, I get it. It looks like a freak of nature. And <laughs> then know. they'd be like, no, 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 it's real. And it's like, is it? It doesn't look it to me. And I don't know why y'all put those freckles on there either. Because that, that pushed it over the edge. You probably thought that Mm-mm. was going to make it look more real. But it looked like it was marked. It looked what like it was marked. they should have done. So they used 10 actors to play Renesmee. And the final form of Renesmee was like the person who was actually cast as Renesmee. And they tried to put a version of that yes. girl's face on each actor who played her as she was growing rapidly and it looks fucking out of this world i mean just truly wild totally insane like a robot baby yeah mackenzie foy was the actress who ultimately is playing renesmee at the end of the movie and they clearly had tried to use her face i thought maybe they'd gotten their hands on like family photos and maybe like use them to do some like sort of digitizing <laughs> but up until there's a point where you're like oh that and that's what a real person looks like okay, okay. um yeah. but it took us a while to get there but a lot of the movie but the, like the scene of her is like this eight-year-old catching snowflakes arena who's up on a mountaintop nearby she sees it and instead of like maybe getting a little more info she runs to the Vittori in Italy, and she's just like, get a load of what's going on. Y'all, the Cullens are fucking up. And they're fucking up everything. Like, our whole pact, our whole thing is like, they're, they're breaking the law. And I'm here as the world's biggest fucking tattletale. And obviously, no goddamn like loyalty to to people that I call my family. She like, learned to trip there, yeah. She just like she literally wouldn't even talk to Bella. Like Bella like went up there and talked to her to and be like, like, Hey sis. And she was out. She was out of there. She was like, I can't I can't discuss it with you. It's like, well you should, because what you're what you're positing is gonna start like a freaking like war of the underworld. Um 
You know what? I'm actually realizing this is sort of a pivot right now, but I just wanted to congratulate you and give you your flowers when you deserve them because you have been calling her Bella this whole time. And I think this is the first time that I haven't had to correct you during a Twilight episode of her name. And Edward, too. Thank you. Thank you. I love the two of them so much as characters. They may be my favorite movie characters ever in the world. Wow. So to see them have their full circle moment here, you know, it did mm-hmm. something to me. And maybe maybe they imprinted on me, you know, maybe now I that's why that I'm getting it. I love that they've, you know, wormed their way into your heart after all these years. Absolutely. Yeah. These are my favorite movies now. Yeah, yeah. And I bet Dave's too. I know Dave loves Dave loves it. Dave loves yeah. it. When we got to the end of the movie, he lost his shit. Did he cry? Because I was he, worried he was going to cry. <laughs> he cried. He punched the air. Yeah. Um, yeah. Glad he didn't know. punch you. <laughs> not, this, not this time. Not, <laughs> the counseling's helping. <laughs> Spoiler alert, it isn't. Um, but yeah, this movie. Thank you, Jane. Uh, this movie, there's a there's a lot going on. Arena runs to tattle, and then we find out about this sort of immortal baby thing. Which also the thing that's really like just funny is that like Michael Sheen chewing up the scenery, like looking for his Joker moment. Clearly, <laughs> I um, know. But you don't. He's the doing thing the is, best with what he's. He's got, doing though. the most with what he's got, and it's like you don't have this. <laughs> you don't have the script to support to support a Dark Knight moment. Okay, you didn't get the you didn't get the the script to do it. So. Props to him for making it work. Uh, but there's Absolutely. also, there's no like, there's no moment where like anybody's like, let's go look into it a little bit before. It's just everybody flies off the hinges. Everybody <laughs> takes Arena's word as fact. Even so even though wild. it's like, we all know that Bella gave birth to this child. And like by, like by your own, you know, by your, by your own admittance, like the way that this happens is like for a vampire to be like for a child to be turned into a vampire so we all know that's not what happened so like let's maybe be more curious just in case this happens again in the future like well they don't know that bella's given birth because remember she like didn't tell anybody that she was pregnant because they were afraid that they would want to like abort the child or whatever that's true but it's also like this baby just like like go find out Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I'm 100%. Like, so they go see Irina's sisters, I guess, technically. I don't know what... The family units are so confusing in this fucking movie. But they go up north to, like, Alaska, I think, is where they live. And, like, instead of, like, them... They, like, bring out Renesmee and they're like, this is our daughter or whatever. And they freak the fuck out. They're, like, ready to fight. They're fucking foaming at the mouth, wanting to attack this, like, child who's literally standing there doing nothing. And it just sets off, like, the whole tone for this movie where it's, like, nobody, everybody is, like, completely convinced that they nobody can have a conversation. Like, they're just going to attack. And so they start building this, like, army of vampires, I guess. I don't know. It's so, it's just, like, it feels like such a waste of time we meet all these new characters in the final installment of this book or this movie. And, like, we don't care about them. They're like, <laughs> at least that's my experience. No, I think that's true. And I also think that, like, it's really funny because, like, right before they meet Renesmee, because it's like, Jacob is now, like, Jacob's traveling everywhere with Renesmee and Edward and Because he's got to be with his baby. He's got to be with his boo. Just waiting, <laughs> waiting on that clock to, to finish ticking, unlike some celebrities we know. Um, and, uh, he's just, like, sticking it out. It's like, mm. and, but there's, like, there's this moment when they go up to, like, uh, Arena's sisters, because they're, like, looking for help and aid. Mm-hmm. 
And they're like, hey, okay, we got to tell you something. But before we do, don't freak the fuck out and, like, mm-hmm. do something. Like, embarrass yourselves. And they're like, oh, of course not. You know, cool's our middle name. And then, like, they, then a second later, they see this little girl. And they're like, Wah! And it's like, we just talked about this. Like, I just explained to you. And I asked you to be your most calm self. And you and are you couldn't frothing. couldn't do that for us. You You're frothing at the mouth. This was the thing. This was the thing that I, that I was talking about when I said, don't do the thing. And you're doing that thing because of this thing. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And the thing that happened in this movie, um, they took a page out of, out of the... I've never actually seen this movie. But it appears that they... They took a page out of the powder playbook and every time <laughs> like anyone like is holding anyone like meets this child it's like she has to put her hand on their face for them to know that like warm blood courses through her veins so she couldn't be like an undead baby and that's well, not why she's doing it because oh, okay. she she has a special power and you know like Edward can read people's thoughts and sure. Alice can see the future. And Bella can mope. And Bella can mope aggressively for four fucking movies. Um, Renesmee's power is she puts her hand on your face and you like that's how she communicates. Like you can like see her experiences and like what she wants you to see which is so funny because it's like (laughs) at one point Renesmee does it to somebody I can't remember who it's like (laughs) one of the vampires and Bella's like this is how she communicates and I'm like yeah but she can fucking talk yeah she can use words too (laughs) like like, (laughs) she said lines so it's like it's like this weird like (laughs) space between like oh this is how our daughter communicates but it's like she's not a person who can't speak if that was the case then this would be how she communicates but I mean you'd think with someone who's growing so rapidly like how does she even have time to pick up language I was thinking about this. Like, she's a baby, and then all of a sudden she's an adult. Or, sorry, she's not an adult. All of a sudden she's like eight, nine, ten years old. And you're like. You're using that Jacob logic. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm like, okay, how does she, like. Um, what about potty training? What about reading books? Like, what about, like. If you're moving that fast, how are you, like. Unless she's just retaining, like an incredible amount of information really quickly and that's a part of this which i think is partly the case but you could have thrown up a line in there though but like but also even if that is the case her worldview is going to be so limited for someone who presents as like an eight nine ten year old but you've only been alive for like six weeks so like you have no idea about fucking anything besides what you're what you're learning and seeing and you haven't had the time to become a person well because yeah so much of what happens as we grow up is like also just tied to like like our cognitive abilities are tied to like very specific like experiences that we have and like trials and errors and like Uh you learn not to do things you don't touch the stove because you touch it once and you burn your hand you like Mm -hmm. like there's so many things that happen that teach us about the world that are outside of like the purview of like our parents like we experience things on our own and we learn and we grow and our minds are expanding as we're being introduced to new things also her world is so limited and like she if we're to believe she's not going to school if we're to believe the plot of this movie I was gonna say she's never seen another child (laughs) so like so just her existence would be an anomaly to her like why am i the littlest one of all exactly you know 
of everybody. You know, it's so it's yeah, you're right. There's a lot. And we don't ever see her being taught anything. Not like, a single I think thing. like I think Kristen Stewart mumbles some song to her at one point. Yeah, she's like for, reading her a book of poetry or whatever. And it's like, it's like does oh. she know how to like dress herself? Like Does, does she, she know, know what these words in this poetry book read? Like put down. Does the she know like keys. what does she know like what a grocery store is? Or like how to like I don't know like what a bank account is like she's not learning anything practical no. besides what she's experiencing no all she's experiencing is like literally watching y'all like eat each other uh yeah. i mean i guess i mean figuratively and literally um yeah, and then more and then one yeah and then also just like seeing like a whole ass human beings turn to wolves like that's the shit she's seen and, and that's like it being groomed to be jacob's wife like this is so this is like the worst <laughs> existence I can imagine. Like everything feels so bad for Renesmee. <laughs> think also think about how many people Renesmee has just seen murdered in front of her. Like she <laughs> she has seen more death than many. Um, I mean, the she, trauma has got to be un like unmatched. She's seen more death than the average like EMT. Like she yeah. is having to process trauma at such an accelerated rate. And also like clearly like I mean Bella doesn't have like the tools to just like to do anything really. But no Bella's shade. Bella's not around. It, she keeps dropping like, the kid off with other people. She's or like, like pick- I, I gotta go to Seattle and meet with some random lawyer. Like what the fuck was that? I've gotta go to Seattle and meet with the one black character in the movie with lines. Absolutely. Like, it's just like there and like and when she and like she's her whole existence is just like a wavelength of just trauma and like mm-hmm. it's always like anytime she sees Bella it's always Bella at like a 10 in terms of panic and like it's always life or death circumstances. Like it's never <laughs> anything but and there's a moment in the movie where like they have this kind of like what they think I guess is like a like a dramatic moment where she's like looking at her and she's like you're gonna go with Jacob and no matter what you're gonna stay you're gonna stay with him and it's like she knows she knows nothing of the world but this her whole life has been do or die and like also she's now like 30 and she was 12 (laughs) yesterday like there's a part of her that's like why is my body like I know that I wasn't six feet tall yesterday can exactly. we talk about the rate at which my bones are growing? And it's like, like does she no, does no, no. she get her period? Like, does she have ch- like does she have the ability to have? Can children? she have children? Like, what? These are all. These are all like that questions. No one knows the answers to because the only person that is like her too is a, is a dude. So and we don't find out about we like it takes forever for that before that's even revealed anyway. So it's that's like, at the end of the goddamn movie. Yeah, and it's also we need to know the specifics of like his parents. Like, what, like, like, are you sure that like your parents were what you think they were? Right, because like, they're there's, dead. They're dead. There's so many questions, and so it's still it's like what's the what and like after everything happens and like jane said it's like there's so many characters introduced so quickly in this movie we do get like some pretty big stars who wouldn't do this movie today that, I know. <laughs> that they got they got them they yep. not unlike bryce dallas howard they mm-hmm. uh they got rami malik a future academy award winner mm-hmm. um and they got a uh, future snack lee pace as well um six foot five lee, six pace. Foot five, lee pace giving us um giving us his we best can't... russell giving us his best russell brand absolutely <laughs> We I, also that is an Evan Ross cast quote, not me. That six foot five Lee Pace. I mean, yeah, five. I mean he also is six foot five, so I wasn't gonna like. No, 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 I know, but I didn't want to like try to steal that as like my joke. It's like Evan Ross cats always refers to him on Instagram as six foot five actor Lee Pace. For sure, for sure. <laughs> yeah, so it was just I like, didn't want to act like I was joke stealing, you know. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, there's other times I'd like for you to step up and like take ownership, <laughs> but this is what it looks like. It feels weird. Ugh, uh, but yeah, there is, there's a lot of like ancillary characters that are introduced. There's a lot of dialects that seem to get away from performing. <laughs> um, okay. So did you see the, like Vladimir, the like, did I? <laughs> I guess he's supposed to be Russian. Is that the deal? But they he, don't know. for those of you who don't know, he's played by Mickey on Shameless. If you watched Shameless, which it's, is so funny because it's such a different. It's character. Vladimir and it's Vladimir and Stefan, mm, and no, they're giving like Count Chocula like with these accents. <laughs> they really are. It's too much. It's too <laughs> much. And there's like so, there's like 18 new characters introduced in like the like last hour of this movie, and it's like, babe. I don't care. I've the series is about to end. Why am I meeting so many new people? Like this is not. Yeah, I, I barely like, care about the leads. Yeah, exactly. Like <clears throat> I don't know anyone's name, and they're like all how, all have these different powers that I can't remember or care about. You know, it's like I was in a horrible play, and there was I think I've told this story before. I was in a horrible play, and like there was an act an actor in the play and she like was Russian and she had the thickest Russian accent ever. And I remember our awful director being like, everybody like pay attention to like what she's doing. Like you see how she's committed and everything. And I remember one of the other (laughs) actors in the show was like, the thing is not only is she Russian, but she's the first Russian ever. Like (laughs) the accent was like, it was so thick. It was distracting. It's like, you don't go to Russia and find people like you can't find people in Moscow that are landed on as thick as she was. It's like the words are getting lost in your mouth. You're more concerned with the accent than you are with like what you're saying. Um, Like your allegiance is to the wrong thing. And like that was very much what I was getting from these two because they were like milking it. And I could just see Academy Award winning director Bill Condon just like, up, 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 more, 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 more. more. We have to remember you're the ones from Russia. And it's like, you fucking get it. You're holding down, you're holding down it for for all of Russia. This is their, this is, you are their representative because it really does turn into United Nations with, um, with this one. I don't know. I guess Russia wouldn't be there if that was the case. But, um, it, uh, it is, it's all over the place and we got people from all over and we've also got like the Voltori who are doing this like world tour as well yeah. as the Cullens are like going around trying to like locate people for like they're like to be a part of their coalition to like take on the Voltori the Voltori are also going around and like anybody who's even like even it's like even people that have like spoken to the Cullens even if the people were like no I'm too scared they still get killed anyway so it's just like, well, you might as well just join forces with them because uh, absolutely they're playing a messy ass game as they have been for all of these movies. And like, right. we have Eros played by Michael Sheen, and he's not concerned with anything but um, but these clip-ins. That's the only <laughs> thing he cares about is that is that he's given these thick, luxurious locks. They are he's Tara, really on one. Tara was like, "Look at that fucking hairline. It looks like, um, you know." Oh God! What is that like? Um, the monsters from back in the day. You oh, know what I'm Eddie about? That, that like widow's peak that's like painted on. <laughs> that's what his fucking thing is. Hairline looks like. It's a lot. It's a thick head of hair though. It is mm-hmm. going all the way down his fucking back. And he's uh, not ashamed of it. <laughs> he went to one of the stores. He went to one of the stores and uh, and he told them the fantasy and they were like, mm-hmm. we're going to take care of you, sis. They Say put that, less. they sewed that hair, they sewed mm-hmm. that hair down, they mm-hmm. got that glue, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And they were like, "We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna fix your fucking hairline. It's gonna be snatched." Um, <laughs> hand, me, hand me the gorilla glue. <laughs> hand me the gorilla glue. Uh, it is a lot, though, and I always forget also that like Dakota Fanning's here. She has. You know what I read? She has one line in this Dang. whole movie. Exactly. One word. One, one word. word. <laughs> in the whole movie, it's so funny. There's so many. That's the thing about this movie is like I looked at the. You know, I they they love doing a fucking two hour movie for no damn reason for this no damn reason need to be the song and like no, so much movie, of them frankly this movie could have been 20 minutes it's, yeah it really could have <laughs> um it, it like it's so long and there are so many sequences where no one speaks in this film like just uh-huh. stretches so it's like i have to imagine that like i mean most of the script is probably just like direction like on mm-hmm. what's going on and like setting up scenes because there's a lot this whole last scenes where there's not anything and it's not like this this isn't like powerful silence either and then when they do say something, they say the most. They say it in the most ridiculous way possible. Like one of the lines when they get out and they first meeting the D- Denali crew to like show them to, um, to show Renesme to like Irina's sisters to prove that she's not an immortal child. Um, Bella is still in the car with Renesme, <laughs> and one of the sisters goes, "Why is your bride waiting in the car?" <laughs> Ride. Like, why is that the word? It's, it's like, <laughs> it's so unnecessary. So ridiculous to me. Why is your bride waiting in the car? Like, who speaks like that? No one. Yeah, it's like, also, it's like that. The last time this was okay was 200 years ago. Exactly. Like, you've been around and you know what's going on. You you have a TV like everybody else. 100%. You know you've you updated, sound like Booboo the Fool. You updated your clothes. You updated your hair. Like, you are, you look like a person from you've this decade. You've gotten some filler, apparently. <laughs> some filler. So say it. Like, speak properly, man. And also the other thing that we haven't discussed yet is the fact that, like, okay, so... At the end of the last movie, as everything was going on, the character that they just, they don't know what to do with, mm-hmm. which is Bella's father, Charlie. Oh, um, yeah. They, oh, by the way, mom didn't even get the call for this one, so I know she was no. throwing throwing her phone at the wall. <laughs> she was probably on the phone with her friends. They were probably like, you know, I heard they're going to, I heard they're um, they're doing the season. They're doing, I mean, they're doing the new, the new book, you know, and she's probably like, I'm just waiting. I've been on the phone with my agent. Um, we're still like, you know, we're, we're probably going to be in negotiations. I'm sure mm-hmm. just like we were for the last one. Mm-hmm. I asked, you know, I think it's only fair that I get what Kristen gets. And so yeah. I'm just and waiting I, for that. And I'm working on my own back end deal as well. I'm, I'm working on my own. If they're getting 7.5, I don't see a reason why I shouldn't be getting five. I've got Billy right. Burke. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the dad. I'm the mom. I mean, we're, I'm talking to him to see if we can go into the United Front. They can't do the <laughs> movies without us. And it's just like, you just knew she knew she was getting the call. And I, I, I'm sure a lot of curtains were going to rip down and tables flipped over at the house when she was like, saw the trailers. Uh, but it's like, Jacob decides because they're like, okay, we're going to have to go into hiding, basically. Charlie's been calling. Also, they say, because in the last movie, at the end of the last movie, Be- Bella wasn't doing well. And Charlie, her dad, was calling. They had snuck back into uh, the Forks community. And he thought they were still on their honeymoon. And so a lot of the movie was him just sort of being at the phone, worried, wanting to know if his daughter was okay. And so, I mean, she's turned into a whole-ass vampire at this point. She's died and been reborn and all this. He has no idea. And then they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, he calls twice a day. Which I was like, only twice a day? That's surprising. Um, <laughs> like, where's my kid? Um, right. But Jacob takes it upon himself 
on behalf because he because they basically are saying we're gonna have to find a new place to live. We can't stay in Forks because he's gonna start looking for Bella and he's gonna. And they're gonna to... tell Charlie that Bella's dead. That's they're the gonna tell Charlie that Bella's dead. So they're like, we need to just get her out of here. And Jacob decides to intervene and he's like, no, 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 you're not taking my wife. I mean that little girl out of here. <laughs> so he goes to Charlie and in one of the weirdest scenes of any of the movies. <laughs> He goes to Charlie's house. Charlie's in the backyard chopping wood. And Jacob just starts stripping down. And he's like, there's got something. There's something I got to show you. And he's just taking off his shirt and like his pants. And what I didn't understand was why he couldn't be like, okay, so let me explain to you what's about to happen. And then at least give him something. But he literally walks up. Charlie, who's still sort of like torn, you know, well, the actor's not giving this, but I think he was directed to probably. He's torn and anguished and trying to like figure out what happened to his daughter. And then, you know, you have your daughter's like kind of ex, you know, Smash Brothers show up. And like, he's like, hey, I got to show you something. And then he rips his shirt off. And then the dad's like, oh, I don't know what's going on. Although he kind of looked like he was into it also a little bit. He was like, Jacob, put your clothes on. And it was like. As he's frothing at the mouth. <laughs> like, I, doth thou protest too much? <laughs> doth thou, yeah, because also he was like feigning like he was going to leave if he didn't stop, mm-hmm. but also like had his eyes on his dick the whole time. Yeah. Um, but then he like takes all of his clothes off, he strips naked, and then he just turns into a wolf, like in front of the dad, who has no idea about any of this, and the dad nearly has a heart attack, so it's like... Because why there's no this... warning, it's the weirdest way to do this. It's, it's, there's no reason for it to start it this way. And so, but this is Jacob's way of like basically like keeping Bella here by like giving, by divulging part of the stories so that like Bella doesn't have to divulge the fact that she's a vampire I guess but let's also talk about the fact that once again like Bella was so okay with like just absconding and like not like them <laughs> telling her, her dad fucking dead that she was dead like be- all Bella cared about was being with Edward okay and nothing has changed okay mm-hmm. Bella doesn't care about this baby be- <laughs> Bella doesn't this baby's about to be the same age as her in a week anyway oh, no. Rosalie's holding down the mama the mama fort so she's like <laughs> look all I care about is Edward that's all I've ever cared about if you gotta tell my dad I died he's gotta grow up sometime like she <laughs> does not give a damn and so Jacob is really just like he's like the only he's like his number one priority is like unfortunately um Renesme. so like Staying he is like baby. He's concerned about her. He doesn't give a shit about Belle anymore. Um, There's just no conflict anymore. Like, what the central conflict to this franchise is gone, basically. Like, Mm -hmm. the Edward, Bella, Jacob thing is over. He's like, Mm -hmm. once you gave birth to my queen, um, that became my number one priority. So you can have old-ass Bella. Um, Because I like him fresh. Whoa. Whoa. (laughs) That was too far. Oh, that was too far. Come we, on. we also get this moment in the movie where like Bella, before her dad comes over once he finds out Jacob comes back and he's like yeah I told your dad and then Edward and Bella are like you had no right to do that and he's like well he's coming over in 10 minutes so like then we get this scene which the scene itself by the Whoa, way was, wait. Was a- can we can we just say can I just say one thing that Tara yes. and I noticed while we were watching this when Jacob spontaneously turns into a fucking werewolf in front of Charlie with no um warning um uh, he turns it he he phases as they say and then he starts growling at charlie and it's like not only are you terrifying him by spontaneously turning into a wolf then you like are upping it by fucking growling at him you don't think you could give him like a soft purr or like well nothing 
or a friendly boop on the nose to be like, hey, yeah. I'm still me. Don't it's still fear. safe here. It's like, yeah. it's like, no, it's like I lose my faculties when I turn into a wolf. <laughs> he just like turns into a wolf and like, and just like eats him. Mauls Charlie. To I got something to show you. Um, death. Problem solved. <laughs> it's just like, it's unnecessary. It's like, you don't have to draw it home and you don't have to explain to me that it's a dangerous proposition because you're a two ton wolf now in my right. backyard. So that, that tells us, that story tells itself. Um, and so it's just like, it's super weird. And then we have her at the house hanging out with all of these people who have less experience with being humans than she does, but I mean, maybe have more experience with pretending to be human. So they're sort of giving her pointers on what to do. And she's sitting up in this chair at one point, she's sitting upright in a chair and they're explaining to her that you have to move your shoulders up and down to make it look like you're breathing. (laughs) And then they're like, oh, and your posture's too good. And so then Kristen Stewart just defaults to her awful posture that she always has. And like that's it right there. So, yeah, that's the that's, one. That's it. You're selling it, sis. Um, and yeah, and her dad. It's just like her dad's now hanging out with a, with one of the Clearwaters. They're clearly smashing. Well, also, like he just like accepts it in like a way that my parents never would. He's there's like, no follow up questions really. There's no. He's like he, he's like Bella's like dad. Please, like this is on need to know basis. And he's like, okay, need to know whatever. And like. The way in which my parents would absolutely never, ever leave it at that is, like, I can't imagine, I can't imagine a universe where my parents were like, wouldn't be like, you need to tell me every detail so I know what's going on. Well, here's the thing, though. You have to keep in mind, also, not you, but, like, the anybody listening, you have to keep in mind that also we're, we're building from the part one. And, like, right. part one, Bella was in very dire circumstances from a very early point in that movie. Yeah. And so much of that mm-hmm. movie was her dad being like, where's my daughter? What happened? Is she okay? And as far as he knew, she was in another country, like, in, like, right. an intensive care somewhere. So right. it's, like, for him to show up and it's, like... I mean, all they really did to her was give her a full face of makeup and, like, some extensions. But, like, she seems to be, like, better. So it's, like, what all happened? And it's, like, she doesn't want to talk about it because she can't talk about it. So it's just, like, we don't know what to do with him. And Bella's just, like, why didn't you just, you know? And her, I feel like what she's giving is why didn't you just tell him I died and let him suffer. Um, because she's like, that'd be less work for me. Um, but it's like, yeah, you know, we don't I'm know. So, I'm so bogged down with this whole parenting thing. I'm so bogged down with this <laughs> fucking my husband all the time, uh, slamming our vampire bodies against each other. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a lot of stuff that we don't spend time on in this movie that I feel like if we'd spent less time introducing like a horde of new characters, we could have, we could have, like we don't spend any real time seeing Bella like exploring the fact that she's a vampire like the goods or the bads we get like this one scene where like she shimmers in the in the sunlight uh and we see that she's got her sparkle skin that we've only seen you know like previously the vampires have and now she's like basking in like her vampire glistening too but the thing too is like that reminded me that like in the like i feel like in the past few movies they never do like a, a glittery vampire scene it was like really only the first one and then this one so they brought to it like back, show yeah. To remind that us. she's like transformed. And then the so other cool. only the only other like moment she has exploring her va- vampireness is like she fucking wrestles a mountain lion and eats the shit. Oh, they have her yeah, they have Belgin really wild with it. Like there's like a scene where like the wolves when she first starts fighting with Jacob when she finds out that he's imprinted on her daughter, like the other wolves show up and then she like like one of them lunges towards her and she throws it against like a tree and it just like oh, cowers. Yeah. 
powers. Yeah. It's like to remind us that like she's like she's stronger than ever. That he, that young vamp blood pouring pouring through her course into her veins. And that's true. And I, so, I, I I was referring to in the very beginning of the movie when she was going to hunt and she like ha- wrestles with a random. Oh man. yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so much. And then yeah. also, one big shift that we have in this movie is that Jasper all of a sudden has a personality, which is <laughs> Does like he? The, I, it missed me entirely. His hair is a little bit longer and he's he knows how to smile. And like mm-hmm. before this every movie, it was just Jasper like drooling and like waiting for a chance to like bite somebody. <laughs> Looking like he had a lobotomy. Like Yeah, and in this movie he's just like he's occasionally got a smirk in his face. But I mean to be completely honest, as soon as shit starts popping off, Jasper and Alice are gone, baby. <laughs> and you don't know why. You think they've, quote, abandoned their family. And it's like, they disappear really quickly. Because once you find out about these immortal babies that are just eating up whole villages, then it's like, oh my god, they think is one of those, so we have to get out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's when they start sort of going around and putting their ragtag gang of, I guess, would-be, like, helpers together to potentially, like, take on the crew. Um, but it is, yeah, it's a lot. Also, I don't understand why they're traveling in a Volvo. Like, if everybody, if everybody's because got the ability. Because Volvo paid for it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's tea. Because it doesn't yep. make sense to me. Because I'm like, y'all can travel, like, the speed of light. Like, y'all can move so fast. So it doesn't make sense why we're traveling in, like, a sensible sedan yeah, to these locations. Yeah, something tells me this, like... 50 miles an hour down a country road is much slower than like what you would do but you know Volvo needed they needed that Volvo money so they did what they had to do yeah it yeah it's it's really it's really weird and everybody people either want to kill this child or they're like looking at the child longingly the whole movie and it's just they go back and forth and it's always weird it's like it's never not strange to have like the adults like either trying to lunge for the child's throat or like enamored in this really weird way um yeah it's it's all very strange and it all goes back to like the theme that is the entire twilight series where every single person in that comes into contact with bella is like a weirdly enamored with her and be willing to risk their entire life for her no matter what and it all comes down to the final battle where they have everybody waiting in the snow and everybody's willing to risk their life for Renesme and Bella and Edward and whatever against the Volturi and uh, you know it's just it, it's a we- it's a it's a weird scene this is also one of those moments where like if this like she kind of looks at J- Jacob's just in full vampire. I mean, I wonder if the, I mean I guess Taylor didn't get caught for these scenes and probably like good not to be here for this nonsense. Uh, but like he's already full wolf, wolfed up, and the wolves mm-hmm. are also there too, like to support. And of then course. there's like she basically like puts Renesme on J- on Jacob's like wolf back, and she's like you know get her out of here if you need to. And then like we get this battle beginning, and it is like it's a battle of epic proportions, I'd say. It's the only interesting thing that happens in this movie where it's like the it's start it 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 starts off with like um This is like ripping. the last 40 minutes of the movie by the way. Exactly. And it starts off with them ripping Carlisle's head off and you think, "Oh my fucking god, Carlisle's dead. I can't believe they're killing Carlisle." And then the whole battle takes place and you see 
a bunch of people who like in the main cast who are killed like some of the some of the wolves i think at one point jasper is killed and it's like it's, very no. intense also they introduced the thing which i feel like i don't remember them doing in other movies but maybe they did but the way that vampires are killed is just their arms and their heads are ripped off i don't really understand why we ripped the arms off i feel like if we ripped the head off we're good yeah, but, we're good. You be able to light off, them on fire. <laughs> but we rip off the arms too, which we see earlier when they do their, uh, you know, uh, potato famine flashback. And we're all of a sudden in the middle of like whatever time period, and we're killing that demon baby that's been just like like decimating villages. And I don't know why I don't know why we were turning babies into vampires anyway. They had no damn I know. business. I know. What are you doing? Um, I say that like any of it's real. Uh, right. But <laughs> I'm not a vampire denier, by the way. Don't don't come for me. But okay. that they like um yeah they like they're ripping heads off everybody that's that's just how people are that's just how everybody's killed in this movie that's the yeah. one thing i will say is it's like that's the way that we kill vampires in this movie mm-hmm. so it, at a certain point it does become comical because that's the only <laughs> means by which any vampire is killed in this entire sequence is just their heads ripped off because um, you have to they they really want to like uh, focus on like the scary or the the intense moment when a beloved vampire like carlisle or Jasper is killed, and so it zooms in on someone else it's holding of, their head. It's a yeah, it's a lot of like because like so whenever anybody's killed, they want you to see that head, and that's no longer attached. Like we get it, mm-hmm. but yeah, so that's like how it all sort of like begins. Well, no, it begins. It begins with this sort of like showdown where like Arena. Well, before Arena, even it begins with like them sort of like we're here because of the demon baby, basically. And instantly, it's sort of what Arena told them is dispelled by the fact that Renesmee has already grown substantially since mm-hmm. the last time that Arena even saw her. So, like, mm-hmm. once again, proof of the fact that she's not one of the immortal babies because if she was, she wouldn't have she, her age wouldn't have wouldn't have increased the way that it has. So, like, right. that's the first thing. And then we get another one of our powder moments where. <laughs> where Eros demands that the child come to him and she places her little hand on his face and this is all the proof that he needs that she mm. is she is of a different breed but she is she not is, an immortal she baby she says she is yeah she is who she she is whoever she says she is and if she wasn't then why would she say she is in the paper Absolutely. the news every day she every is every day she is yeah it's like i don't know it's just the way she is I'm so fucking tired of it being admired, and I just um. So you said I would die or get fired. Isn't that what drop from this label? Um, <laughs> I'm not gonna be able. <laughs> Why do uh, we know Eminem so well? <laughs> right. The He's other day, man. I like woke up, and the first thought I had was, and when the cops came through me and raced next to a burnt down house, and I was like, oh, just living up there, huh? Just taking up space. Oh um, my god. <laughs> it was a moment, but. Yeah, so it's like every so we're like we instantly are like we instantly are introduced to the fact that like what we thought was the case isn't the case, and it feels like the point that like this all could sort of like end, but instead Michael Sheen has like this crazy monologue yeah. where he's like, "Hold on, though, I still want chaos," <laughs> and that's when it pops off. And because it's like, I don't fully understand what he's saying, even. He wants, the, the whole thing is like, he wants Alice for her abilities, I guess, or whatever. It's like, it's so loose. I barely pay attention to it. I'm just like here for the battle because I'm like, I don't really understand how he can get away with this and like still be the ruling like royalty of vampires. You know what I mean? Like, although I guess 
as I'm saying this, it's like all leaders are corrupt and blah, 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 whatever. But I don't think Stephanie Myers is making that point, honestly. But also, <laughs> no, no, I think she's having fun and cashing checks <laughs> at exactly. this point. I feel like it's like unclear. And also, there's no reason, like, which I guess, once again, is a, you know, it's a, it is, I guess, in a way, representative of like the world in which we live. But it's like, mm-hmm. I, it's it doesn't it's not clear why he has the power other than people have given it to him and so yeah, this absolutely. movie is basically just like a demonstration of what happens when people take the power back you know what mm-hmm. I mean and so yeah it's like we has this whole spiel that he gives which basically is like letting you know and foreshadowing the fact that like I mean blood will be spilled right and it is a series of deaths that happen starting with Arena who came and gave the false mm-hmm. information about R- mm-hmm. Renezme. Her head is ripped off. And then in, in when her head is ripped off, her sisters, the Denali's, who are there to fight alongside Bella and Edward, they start screaming and running forward. And then, like, a couple of the, the men grab them and hold them back to restrain them mm-hmm. in hopes that it will sort of decelerate the situation. My first thought, and I know, I get it, obviously, like, your instinct is to run toward them. But I was like, who are y'all running towards? Your head is... <laughs> Your sister's head is gone. (laughs) She's on fire, literally. That girl is on fire. Fire. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, the head's gone. So it's Mm -hmm. over. But it's so it's like, are you? It looked like they were running to her aid, and it's like, not a band aid in the world. (laughs) Well, I don't know what they were running for, towards, or what for. They were upset that their sister was. It's the instinct, I think, is what they were going after to just sort of like try and save your relative but it was just like a funny right. moment where i was like let's all and i think that's what sort of like as they were being grabbed and sort of restrained by other members i, I felt like the moment was sort of like let's breathe let's <laughs> just like put the pieces together let's think about like what we're running towards because you're just running towards chaos at this point because mm-hmm. she's up higher she's up higher <laughs> of fire is what she is um, higher up fire uh but she's gone and then it's like the moment with alice where alice steps forward and she's she hits him with that with that that's so raven you want to get a look at the future and mm-hmm. there's a battle that 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 starts up and as jane mentioned carlisle the fa- grandfather of renesme mm-hmm. grandpappy mm-hmm. absolutely um, granddaddy granddaddy his head is ripped off wrestling and all and mm-hmm. <laughs> he's beheaded and then we get the shot of esme his wife feeling what she's feeling at losing her man losing her damn we mind. lose him we lose Jasper in the battle. Mm-hmm. We lose those are the those are the first two big ones. Those are the two main ones. And then there's some like um peripheral ones that are supposed to be significant that I don't remember because I was like, Oh, I don't even know what that person's name is, so I can't write it down. Yeah, there were some losses that were just like, We'll take it. We'll take the hit. Like yeah. we don't know you. We met you fifteen minutes ago. But we did feel here we are, we're nothing safe. This is the end of this movie, and we are getting rid of so many of these people that we've spent, you know, four years getting to, or four movies getting to know and love and experience. And we get Benjamin, played by Rami Malik, who is the mm. one who sort of, he doesn't maybe mean to, but he sort mm-hmm. of does accelerate things a little bit. <laughs> he, he, oh, and before, and by the way, before everything really pops off, uh, you know, Bella hits that, hits Jacob's back, his wolf back, and it's like, giddy up, get her out of here. <laughs> and so he takes off, and 
as I said earlier, not a harness to be found, no reins nope. to hold on to. No. But Renezme is holding on to this wolf's <laughs> back for dear life, and they take and off into the woods. She, and maybe she's got super super strength being half vampire or something. Maybe that's a part of it. That thing. Uh, but she's but, holding on with her Jansport <laughs> backpack. Did you see that? I know. Jansport got they got their marketing in, baby. They were like, Absolutely. we'll pay you a couple ducats. Mm-hmm. Um, but after they leave, then we have this moment where Benjamin, the Rami Malek character, punches the earth because he has the power of the four elements are his power. And when he punches the earth, it cracks open, creates a fissure. Jane's favorite word. And <laughs> just so we're all clear, the core of the earth is only about 10 feet down. Yeah. Because um, mm-hmm. it is molten, baby. <laughs> and a split. <laughs> I never thought about how close grave diggers are getting to the core of the earth. <laughs> When they bury these bodies until this movie and things that make you go, "Hmm." one, one shovel dig, (laughs) one shovel dig too many. Yep. And and your foot is in molten hot lava. Lava, kiddo. Lava. So if you ever had a family member, if you ever had a family member who was a grave digger and Mm -hmm. the funeral home called you to say Mm -hmm. they were engulfed in lava at the earth's core today, Mm -hmm. this is what they meant. Yeah. This is what you they meant. Say, you say, of course, it's a risk of the job. It's yeah. a risk of the job. And we all know, anybody who's filled out that paperwork or been on mm-hmm. Glassdoor or anything, you look at the pros and cons of a company, we've Absolutely. all seen funeral homes that they list under grave digger mm-hmm. responsibilities. It says, it says lava death, possible. It's a, it must be willing to get close to the core of the earth several times a day, you know? Absolutely. And, and it like... It reminds me of that John Cusack, uh, Diane Lane, a sequel, Must Love Lava, that was mm-hmm. uh, made as a sequel to their iconic film, Must Love Dogs, and everything's all adding up now for me to see to That's see so many people die. Yeah, It's all very unfamiliar to me, but I'm sure... Yeah, it would be. It would mm-hmm. be, because you're not really like a... You're not a cinema head like me. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But everybody's... At a certain point, people, good and bad, are just falling into this crack mm-hmm. in the earth, and they're all getting involved in these flames. Of mm-hmm. course, there's a moment where we almost lose Edward, who we forget is in the movie, honestly. Let's be real. <laughs> we haven't seen him in forever. He doesn't have we, a huge part in this We got movie. We got one scene, though, where Edward, like picks up the little girl and that was like us to be like this is her dad yeah um it's like but also the scene is during a montage so we don't even hear what he says to her yeah uh it's probably just two actors talking about craft services i'm sure 100 um, he's probably like did you have the caprese for lunch um <laughs> but yeah it's like but in a they, british accent but in a british, british accent right no he stays in character between oh he's okay method. he's method um but he crawls out oh, actually he doesn't even crawl he flies out Edward yeah, legit flies out. flies out of this mm-hmm. crack in the earth. No, none of the other vampires managed to do it, but he does. I didn't um, know. How, I didn't know he could fly. I, I, don't, I don't think he did either. I don't think the writers did or anybody. <laughs> they were like, "How do we get him out of this crack?" And they just <laughs> made it happen. But like, mm-hmm. all of this is happening, and then we get like the moment that is it feels really sweet. We get the moment where Dakota Fanning and all of her her character's smugness mm-hmm. gets ripped apart by a wolf, and she deserves it. For what yeah. she for what she does, absolutely. Um, and it's funny too because this whole scene, when the battle takes off, you know, you, when you're in the power position, you sort of get to stand in the back and watch mm. everything play out. And we totally. have the moment in this scene where we where we have Dakota Fanning's character Jane and Eros, the Michael Sheen character, standing because they're both like power players, so they're just mm. watching their minions like do the battling. Mm-hmm. But we see that they're that they're losing; they're not winning the battle, and. Like, one by one, they realize they have to actually step in. Mm-hmm. And it's just a really funny scene. 
um, mm-hmm. as each of them has to give up their their power play position. And then there's a moment where like where Bella and Edward like basically tag team Michael Sheen and, and fuck his ass up. And yeah, uh, we said tag team Michael Sheen and fuck his ass all at once. So we gotta. <laughs> we meant they they kill him. <laughs> we meant they kill him. Yeah, all gays are not over sexualized. No, of um, course not. And we would Jane never is, adjust. We would never. We never suggest that on this podcast. No, 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 no. Oh. They they really stick it to him though. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And uh, uh, also, by the way, though, the uh, just on a side note, speaking of that. The head of our condo association, we had an issue with our lock, our lock like the main lock on our building, like not mm-hmm. opening. And she like sent us an email. She was like, we're going to have people come out and fix it. But in the email, she said, um, she was like, yeah, she was like, the lock isn't opening. And I did try and use some WD-40. Um, and even after I lubed it, it still wouldn't open up. And I was like, you, <laughs> you got to read these out you, loud. You cannot put the word lube in an email and not like, <laughs> and not chuckle to yourself and be like, is there any way, and is there any other way that I can say this before sending it out to our entire condo association? <laughs> lube is always going to be funny. And also a friend, of ours, a friend of ours that will remain un, like unnamed. I did see this person yesterday and they told me they were having some stomach issues after we got a quick bite to eat and Mm. they went to the bathroom and they were in the bathroom waiting for maybe flatulence to present itself or Mm -hmm. maybe le boo Um, and neither of them came (laughs) and they were at the sink in the bathroom Mm-hmm. And while they were waiting to, they were like, at that point, I realized I did have a fart in me. And <laughs> no one's in the bathroom. And so I let out said toot. Okay. And the moment that I let it out, the door opened and it was our server. And I said, <laughs> and I said, like, the moment after? And they said, no. Like, the moment the door opened was the moment. That the loud fart was released. It was no other way for the moment to go other than this person hearing the release. And as I said, "What the did release was happening?" As the as the release was happening, and I said, yeah. "What did you do?" And they said, "I giggled." And I was like, <laughs> okay, okay, we are gonna cut this. But you why to- we didn't say anything, and I was no, no, so no, no, good. No, 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 no. No, 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 not this story. Oh, oh. We're going to cut what is about to happen, but you're about to tell me who, which, who it is. Oh, you, you know who it is. Yeah, of course. Um, but it was really funny, and I couldn't stop laughing. And that also, is amazing. Isn't it amazing? <laughs> and also, I saw a person earlier, and we went to get drinks at this other place before, and mm-hmm. there was what appeared to be a gay couple. Mm-hmm. And look, they were, they were given, like, first date vibes. Okay. And... I had to go to the bathroom at the same time that one of those people had to go to the bathroom in this couple. Mm-hmm. And they got up in front of me and I was sort of right trailing them going to the bathroom and we walked into the bathroom at the same time. I went into the stall to pee and I it was like I had been sitting and I'd had so much urine had accumulated while mm-hmm. I was sitting that I had to pee forever. So mm-hmm. I get in the bathroom and I'm peeing and like they walk in the, they get in the stall next to me and they proceed to let out like the loudest uh <laughs> I don't know how the loudest shit. 
It was just so loud, and it wasn't oh like my God. a loud beginning, and then like it. I thought out. you were gonna say fart. They were like no, shitting. No, it was a full on, and it was loud. And this person, not that like the way that a person looks is in any way an indication of how they're going to be in the bathroom. Of course, but this not. person was like, it just was a very like. A very demure, sort of like petite-looking person, and I was just surprised. But that's at how always who it is who is like the loudest fucking. It, it was like mighty, fart. and it went on for so long, and I couldn't stop peeing. And I was like, "How am I just want this pee to be over so I can get out of here?" And then right when I got done, and I was walking to the sink to wash my hands to get out, another person came in and went in the stall next to them, and it was like the battle of the so, horns. It was both of them. Oh my god! And Why I was are like, so many people just dumping in public restrooms this was like a bar it was like a it was it was a battle of the shits is what it was i was like they were like that's where you that's where you let it go it was call and response baby they were going toe to toe (laughs) and i was trying to get the soap off of my i couldn't get out of there quick enough i thought this person when they came i was like oh they're gonna be appalled by what's going on and they were like you're speaking my language (laughs) honey i'm adding to this (laughs) honey (laughs) honey i'll take i'll take the baseline it, we're both we're both painting Pollux tonight. <laughs> let's make some poopyful music together. Um, and I just like I honestly probably still had some soap on my hands. I couldn't do it anymore. And I and I had a part and I had a moment with myself. Where I was like, why don't you grow up? But I was like, you know what? This is as grown uh, no. as I'm getting. No, that's a, no. Here's the thing: there is never, and I will I will die on this hill. Pooping and farting and jokes about those things are always, always, are. always going to be funny. I don't care how old or how mature or how goddamn classy you are. That shit, no pun intended, is always fucking funny. No, I agree with you on that. I think the fact that like I couldn't just sort of like be like a dignified person and stand in it and just be like, <laughs> just wash your hands at a normal leisure that pace and that leave. And I was like, I got to get out of here. Like, I didn't realize that we were doing this at bars. Like, I got to get out of this bathroom. And then I went back to the table and, you know, mom was the word with me until we left. Of course. But I, then the person, I came back out and I saw that the person they were sitting with at the bar, that where the spot that they've been sitting in, their cell phone was still there. And I was like, oh, so they're just staring at that door, just hunkering down, <laughs> trying to get through it without. And then they slinked back in and they sat down and they continued their conversation. And I thought, you go. You, you better pretend like you didn't just tap that toilet. I know what the fuck you just did. I, and, I, yeah, and I walked by and yeah, Absolutely. And I, said, I, I said, I'll always, I'll always know. <laughs> I, I heard mean, the song you sang. A powerful position for you to be in. You know? Exactly, you where could, you just look over. No pun intended, but you could blow up his night at any point whenever you wanted. Oof, yeah, somebody's just, night was getting blown up. and just like Somebody could. was probably call, calling it a rain check. That was my first thought. I was like, oh, I guess this is going to be just a quick drink and <laughs> in and out drink for this person. Uh, but yeah, and um, on that note, we are back at the battle and... And everything has 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 happened, and then we have this moment where the two of them, where where, where the battle sort of is about to happen. And then we realize that all of this was a premonition that mm-hmm. Alice basically shared with Eros. Like, so basically, fuck around and find out. Like, mm-hmm. this is how. It, and she says to him with her full chest, she's like, "This is what. This is what will happen." <laughs> and it's like she gives him her full like white girl like indignity and she is just like you want to play let's play mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. will i will, will my will my husband will, will jasper my boo thing die you better fucking believe he will <laughs> unless you change your course 
and exactly. the US. And they say, fuck no, fuck no, we're out of here, we're done, we're not doing this, that child is fine. We meet the indigenous person who is apparently half vampire, half human, who has lived for 150 years, and they live well, and everybody goes home to their lives. And and this person is important because they basically are explaining, they have they were born under the same circumstances, ha- one human parent, one vampire parent, that mm-hmm. um, Renesmee has. And so they're basically a testament to the fact that, like, I can live peaceful. It is cap- we are capable of living peacefully among you. Exactly. Um, and... Yeah, and so this is sort of the wrap-up, and then we get this moment, uh, like, a little bit later in the movie, where Alice has a little premonition of the future, and it is, <laughs> it's Bella and Edward on the beach, running around on the beach, alongside Jacob, and now, in a, which, so I guess it's maybe the next week, because it's, because yeah. now, now Renesmee is a full-on adult physically, mm-hmm. um, and maybe, maybe six months old. Maybe, yeah. maybe six months old, like <laughs> mentally, but but all, apparently Jacob's into that. So, but apparently <laughs> Jacob could could be anything but concerned. Um, <laughs> and and like Alice has this knowing smirk on her face, like she's comfortable with this being the way things are going. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it's all about optics. Into the outside mm-hmm. world, they probably wouldn't realize that that was a toddler that that Jacob's smashing. That's also, absolutely, and they're also, fine with it. Also, Jacob says to Edward, I, I guess this means I should call you dad now, huh? Oh my god, this is the worst part because it's like, the thing, the reason, should I start calling you dad? And it's like, Jacob, do not pull this. She's still a toddler or <laughs> or an eight-year-old or whatever the fuck age she is. She's still a fucking minor and you are the first one to say this isn't sexual. So when you say that shit, it really doesn't make me feel comfortable. As a we're parent, a, no, 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 and yeah. we're or we're as a, n- as a viewer, and, I, and it, honestly, it makes more sense now that we're saying all this out loud. Yeah. I feel like the reason why they didn't have a lot of like maternal and paternal moments mm-hmm. in this movie was because they wanted to make the relationship between Jacob and Renesme as like they wanted to figure out a way to like to make it less appalling. Creepy. And the more that we sort of saw like like Bella bonding with her from a maternal standpoint, the more that the relationship that is sort of like beginning to be hinted at between her and like Jacob, the weirder it seems. And so I feel like that was probably a part of why we didn't get a lot of those maternal and paternal moments is because they really are trying their best to make this storyline not appalling. Um, But you know, we all, we all dry heave as we watch it play out. (laughs) And then we have this moment at the end of the movie it's it's a moment that has been in several other films where we have uh, Edward and Bella laying in like a field, basically. It's the meadow that they fell in love with, or whatever. It's the meadow that they fell in love with, and Kristen Stewart says one of the funniest lines in the movie, which is just funny for anybody to ever say, and it's mm-hmm. always to me the sign of the fact that you're actually in an abusive relationship, mm-hmm. is when somebody says nobody's ever loved anyone as much as I love you. <laughs> it's just like just be happy in your relationship. Like, d- yeah. like, don't worry about what anybody else has ever done. Just do your thing. Anytime people start being like, we love deeper and we love really than anybody's ever. Our like, love no, you don't. Is just more epic than anybody who's ever loved before and it's like no people love deeply all the time all day <laughs> just, every day people have made sacrifices you couldn't imagine yeah 100 percent. just be happy just yeah. be happy don't worry about what everybody else is doing worry about what this weird relationship you all have um <laughs> and so they like so they're doing whatever they're doing and then also she has a gift for him she's like i want to show you something and then it's a flashback to when they first met 
And like she shows, and then he's like, "How'd you do that?" And she goes, "I've been practicing." And Dave goes, "How? Like, what does that mean?" <laughs> oh, well, this is the thing. Okay, so we didn't mention this, but we find out in the film that um, Bella, once she turns into a vampire, does have a special um, power, which is she's quote unquote a shield, which I guess means that she can shield herself and other people from harm. And she all she does she does this face where it looks like she's trying to pass a kidney stone. Yeah, it's like a firm brow. Yeah, it's like she's just like standing there, concentrating real hard, and it somehow results in a shield covering you know her loved ones in that moment. And then what happens at the very end is because she is a shield bed. Even before she was a vampire, Edward was never able to read her thoughts, but he could read everyone else's. And so what she does in the field, she's been practicing to let him into her shield so he can then read her thoughts and see how much she's loved him throughout the time in her own brain, which he's never been able to see. So that's what she means. Also, it's like she gave her life for you already, like multiple times, basically. So like, one hundred percent. She birthed you a child, like just like, (laughs) like all proof of the fact that nobody needs to see it in anybody's fucking brain, right? Because also, if you saw in my brain that what you see in my brain would betray the truth of like how I feel about you, honestly. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. no married person needs to see into their their spouse's brain. Like, nobody needs to see in into anybody else's brain. This is my private time. In no, here. for sure. Yeah, for sure. No, I agree. I just mean like in a relationship, it's like because you may yeah. see when you look in my brain, what you may see may not be the truth of it. If Absolutely. you go in there at the wrong time and you see me just thinking about how you're the dumbest motherfucker I've ever met. <laughs> and it's like, that's not the truth. No, that's just the that's truth just, of that moment. That's just a momentary lapse in me feeling really fucking annoyed with you. Yeah, you know? don't let that define anything. Um, but like, so we have this and then he says, and then Edward says to her, show me again. And then, and then Dave said, these are just memories that you have together. So you can just see them anytime in your own brain. And it made me laugh because it was true. Cause it's like, all you're doing is what regular people do. But we just say, do you remember that time that so-and-so happened? It was so nice to spend that time with you. Remember when we first met? That was so awesome. And you were in that blue shirt and I was in the, it was so. I thought you were so cute and it was so fun to like, I was so excited about you. Which is actually like more meaningful because you're taking the, you're taking an experience and then you're contextualizing it as opposed to just looking at a, at a memory of somebody, like looking into somebody's brain and seeing a memory of a thing that happened because that doesn't necessarily give you how they feel about the thing, it's missing their articulation of the event, which is what, like, defines it. So it's like, that's nice to be able to look into your loved one's brain and see, like, your first kiss or, like, see the moment that you first... But it's nice for the novelty of it. It's not nice because it is in any way any more revealing than a person looking at you and saying, I just had the memory of the first time that we kissed in front of that movie theater, and I had so many butterflies in my stomach, and I had never had an experience like that before, and it was so nice. That means more to me than me looking into your brain and seeing, you know, me stumbling, you know, to kiss you for the first time. It's just like... Okay. Particularly because one of those things is entirely impossible. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But it's just like, I just mean, but it was yeah, just, yeah, it's no, really, I, it was just really saying. funny because I felt like yeah. what they were trying to get at was like, 
this is this so is profound. More, this is so much more romantic than and it's humans. Like, it's <laughs> not really more romantic yeah. or more profound. It's just a different way of the thing that anybody can do anytime that they want to do. When they exactly. like open their mouth and actually like contextualize their feelings and like frame them and like share them with a loved one, which takes <laughs> more work. So Absolutely. like just because you can do it doesn't really mean that it's anything. Just Mm-mm. open your mouth and instead of you saying, we have the deepest love that has ever been known to man, like, maybe explain why. Show me. <laughs> Show me. Why? Do you, yeah. Why, Show the, me the, every day, you know? Yeah. And also just like, why do you feel that way? Because <laughs> that's like, that's like abuse. That's like abusive, like, boyfriend behavior. Like, it's like, yeah. we, it's like, we fucking love each other so much. Why, babe? Yeah. Uh... Uh, uh, so much this is typical fucking Courtney. You ruin every moment. It's like, why by asking you to just like articulate? Oh, you're but such also, a bitch. Like, why does our love have to be in competition with other people's love? Why can't it just exist on its own and be <laughs> that really part. special, special to us? You know. And you know why don't you instead of all of this, just go find your kid. Go find your fucking kid. Go find your kid, and I get that she's a adult body at this point, but like, well, and she's probably getting getting railed by Jacob in the shit. I mean, but does she know how to do like cross multiplication? Like, <laughs> you know, has she read a do- even a Doctor Seuss book at this point? I, I'm sure she hasn't. I'm. Does sure she know she what a preposition is? Does she know the like what the you know all all the world wars? Does, Does she, she know, know that happens? she doesn't have to fuck Jacob? <laughs> and I think that part is the most important thing. Because <laughs> it'd be cute to see y'all have a consent conversation, even though she's four, mentally. <laughs> four? She's like six months old. She's like mentally. six months old, and yeah. she's gone through the ringer. This child oh has gone God. through a lot. And for y'all to just hot potato her over. Also, just the complications of, like, the person that you're supposed to end up with being, like, the person who's essentially helped raise you. It's all wild. Wild. It is, like, he is more of a father figure to you than, like, like your dad is, honestly. I mean, oh, God. It's it's just grooming. It's literally just the definition of grooming. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. And with that, and on that note, <laughs> that was the Twilight Saga. All four movies. We did it, Bram. We, did, we it. did it. We did it. And, and you never have to do it again if you don't want to. We got. Th- uh, who knows? Who knows? Though there who may knows? be a day where I'm like, you know, turn it on. Damn it. <laughs> I would love to be there whenever that day comes, and I think Dave would love to not be there whenever that day comes. We'll see. I may wait until you know Dave's um. At the end of his life. And I may mm. just be our last thing together is me popping <laughs> the, pop the movie. Down. And he can't protest, so he has to and watch he can't. it. I say it like we're not the same age. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, yeah. So, Bran, I, I think I just answered this question, but I've got two questions for you. The first one being, would you watch this movie again? Maybe. Maybe with you. Maybe, like, okay. in the right circumstances. Like, we're snowed in somewhere. Love it. Uh, maybe if you were like, this is all that's on television. I'd be like, Let's do it. Damn it. And I, have, and I have a gun to your head, of course. Exactly. Like, you know what? Let's go. Okay, great. And then my second question for you is, do you have a movie for me to watch next week? I do. Um, the movie that I have for you to watch is a classic. Um, it is 1988's Big Business. 
<gasps> okay, now it's all making sense to me because earlier this weekend, Tara goes, I'm so excited for Brandon's pick for you next week. And I was like, what is it? And I was like, oh, God, it's going to be some painful sci-fi thing that I have to get through. And she's like, no, 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 you're going to like it. So I'm excited because I've been meaning to see this movie for a long time. Okay, this makes me really happy. So I'm really excited. Yeah. I think this is going to be a fun episode. It's a delightful film. Oh my God, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to watch it with you. Amazing. Or, you know. Yeah. Well, thank you all for um, taking this Twilight journey with us, um, you know, through this episode and through all the other episodes. We hope that you've enjoyed our chats um, about this uh, film franchise. We've enjoyed them. We've had a great time, um, but we are putting them to rest now. Um, We love you and we'd love to hear from you throughout the week if you want to um check in with us or follow us we are on social media we are on instagram and facebook at movies we missed and we invite any and all commentary and we really appreciate you and we love you and we will see you next week for big business bye The results were the results.